Welcome back, everyone, to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. You've got Jason here, and of course, I'm joined by my bud, Wyatt. Howdy. How's everybody doing this fine next week of podcast? <laughs> We're setting records here, I, I feel. Uh, we are. We're actually consistent. <laughs> yeah. Be, I can't uh, say too bad. We're fairly consistent with MassCast and, and early Rediscover the 80s, uh, yeah. Memory Jogger, we were consistent, but then... We seem to make excuses, but family and life got in the way. So, but this is great. We were able to be consistent with, with the mystery memory jogger. That's right, and uh, we've been uh, having fun. This will be our, I think, fourth episode uh, in this new format, and just having fun uh, putting topics into a, a randomizer here and pulling one out each week and trying to come up with stuff right off the top of our heads. And uh, did want to pass along. We didn't get any feedback this week. I think I know why, though, because our buddy Chad Droz, who's been commenting, uh, his wife had a baby. So congratulations to him. Yes, he had much better things, much better things to do this week than uh, comment on our Chevy Chase show. But if you do have any feedback, uh, comments on any of the shows that we've done, of course, you can find us on social media at RD80s at InfamousWB on Twitter. And then rediscover the 80s pretty much everywhere else, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And uh, we will get back to you. And we have our new voicemail feature if you'd like to use that and talk to us directly. And we'll get your audio on one of the our future shows. And like I said, it doesn't have to be uh, related to the previous episode. It could be any anything you just want to talk about. Or if you want to throw in a, a couple topics into the pot, we will gladly put them in there and stir them around with everything else that we've got in here. <laughs> So, uh, are you ready to stir it up and uh, see what comes out this week? I'm ready. I'm ready. No dragon. No dragon. <laughs> this is back to the tic-tac-toe days. Yes. Oh, gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah, we don't want a dragon. All right. Let's see uh, what comes up on this episode. Oh, the topic is kind of broad and yes, it can general. Uh, CDs. So, I guess, what do you remember about... The first time that kind of compact discs entered your life on Airwolf, because oh, if yeah? you remember back in Airwolf, you'd see Dominic opening up like carefully, opening up the CD case to put a CD into the CD-ROM that is an Airwolf. Oh gosh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, and it was hilarious because he was ever so gentle to put it into <laughs> Airwolf. And then you'd see him close up the the jewel case. Then you'd see him probably throw it in a, like a trash can on the or whatever a bag, you know, right behind him. But he did kind uh-huh. of, like, you know, the cartoons. All the cartoons had something. All you had to do is tuck it away in your back, and it disappeared or or appeared. And uh-huh. that's what he did. He tucked it away in, behind him, and it disappeared. So that was my first. So what did uh, the CDs do in Airwolf? So if is I, it like their program or something? Or so it did two things. And I'm going through it now. That's why it's it's vivid in my mind right now. Um, <laughs> so one was it would bring in data from the firm. So Archangel would give them a mission and he put it on the CD. So they'd have to spit it up. It would go into the Air Force computer and, you know, spit out. Here's the latest intel on this encampment. And here's the camp layout and whatever else. But it also served, I noticed, on a different episode where... It actually wrote. It wrote the uh, camera images. If you remember, there was the cameras off the bevel. The they always smoked. The the windows uh-huh. were always smoked. Right. So 
the outer shell, but when they did the zoom in, they took that smoke lens off, and you see the camera, what looked like an old movie's camera, spinning every time, you know, they were doing some some kind of surveillance. Oh, okay. So take I got all you. that imagery and burn it onto the disc. Wow, they cool too. Burning CDs in the mid eighties. Yeah, I just, uh, that's that's high level tech right there, man. That was. How wow. about you? Do you remember? I mean, that's not too personal, but that was when I really caught the CD before I actually had a CD in my at all in my my inventory. And Airwolf was like miles ahead of Knight Rider then because I remember Michael playing Atari twenty six hundred on Kit. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh but that's kit could several, talk. well i mean i'm not there's no dissing on kit i'm i'm just saying it's funny that they were incorporating cds and that kind of technology and and kit never had a cd player did he uh, no i don't remember him i'm trying to recall i don't think he actually ever even had a, like a floppy drive or anything of any type of sort it was a cassette uh -huh. he had, did have a cassette player but it was always to record audio or to play music for Michael, but that was yeah, yeah. that was it. I don't remember him having any type of predecessor to the thumb drive or <laughs> or uh, the you know even a five and a quarter inch floppy. I don't remember that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to think what uh, I mean. I remember I was aware. I think of laser discs, like you know the, what you the huge ones that you would play movies on. Yeah. That was always like high level tech so expensive and i you know around the late 80s i probably would have been made aware of them um you know growing in popularity that the cd players kind of dropping in price and then probably more mid 90s when we had our discmans that we were trying to play <laughs> in our car you know that cars did not have cd players yet but Probably the first ones that I would have owned would have probably been from the record store. Either that or at some point I was probably a subscriber to Columbia House or BMG, you know, early 90s when CDs were huge and they were giving them away 12 for a penny, you know, in the yeah. local newspaper or magazine ad. But I do remember buying them and uh, just whatever ones I you know that were popular at the time that I wanted around it was probably early 90s before I owned one uh, and that was going to the record store in the Clearfield Mall essentially I'm trying to remember when I actually had my first CD and I want to say it was it wasn't until I was geez it had to be when I was after joining the Air Force so 96 97 98 Really? That, okay. That era. And it was because I think you had told me and someone else I had come across had, like you said, the disc man. And you had the the cassette interface to hook it up to. Yes. You know? Yeah. And people's CDs, those portable CD players, jostled so much. Yeah. That, you know, it, it would skip. It would just shut down or whatever. And me, I'm good on old reliable. A cassette, cassette player in the car. Pretty much you could, well, I've been in a car wreck or two, and <laughs> nothing ever jaded it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm pretty cool with having cassettes. And I, when, when BMG and Columbia House all had their, you know, 12 cassettes for a penny, 
it was cassettes. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. CDs. So I did that. And it wasn't until, geez, 97, 98. It had to have been around that era, maybe even later before I finally wow. rolled the dice on a CD player. And I did exactly <laughs> do that. It was a, a portable CD player after it, the electronics caught up, I guess. The buffers mm-hmm. came along. And I then rolled the dice on a, on a CD or two to see what it would be like. And I can't. Yeah. I can't tell you what my first CD was. I should know, but I yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of that too, and I do have my CD collection still. Same here. Uh, it's in a one of those big binders that had four up on a sleeve, you know, and you could slide the liner notes in behind it. I've probably got, I don't know, maybe a hundred, something like that, and. Going back to the Columbia House and BMG thing, when I did order that, I remember ordering mostly greatest hits CDs because I wanted to make the most of my collection. You know, I'm starting out my collection. I want the hits. I want all the songs that I know that I grew up on, top 40 kind of stuff. And it kind of skewed me where I'm at now and what I collect in records and cassettes and even CDs now. It's usually those ones that I never had, like the full albums, because I was buying the greatest hits. So when the CD era marched in, it kind of pushed me to, oh, let me get everything that I that I know, all the all the top uh, singles and everything from one artist. You know, um, gosh, I'm trying to think now, like Fleetwood Mac, Don Henley, um, Tom Petty. I think all of the the greatest hits albums that I have, just artists like that that I heard on the radio and just loved their singles, but missed all of their other, you know, going back now and collecting, it's almost like finding new music, all the album tracks that you've never heard before. So that's uh, an impact that CDs had on my collecting even now uh, when they first came out. And I do remember, let's see. I had a cassette player. I probably didn't have a CD player like that was actually in my my car is the one that I own now. That was like the first one that had a CD player. <laughs> and I've had my truck now. I, I bought it new in 2003. So it's almost 20 years old. Dear God. Anyway, I had a CD player in the truck before that, but it was not factory. <laughs> so... Yeah, all that time, those back and forth trips from Pennsylvania to Georgia when I was in college, having a little pillow in the passenger seat to put my discman on so it wouldn't skip, uh, you know, and some of my friends had the, the five disc changer in the trunk. You remember those? Yes, I helped my dad install a six disc, but I had, uh, <laughs> I helped him install one in his, uh, his 98 Dodge Ram. Yeah, but CDs were, I mean... There were two things I think that you uh, when I when I think about like the first time you're getting your hands on a CD. First is fast forward and rewind are gone. No more fast forwarding. No more rewinding. I mean, you just skip into the next song. If there's a song on the album that you don't like, it's gone now, man. You just skip it and it's boom. It's like instantaneous. It right. changed. It changed us. It did, but 
what I missed that I liked, you know, we talked extensively in um, our radio station jobs. You know, we said that our CD players were more more professional grade there when we said we would pseudo rap Aerosmith there in the studio. And it was because <laughs> you could actually, yeah. instead of just skipping to the next track, which was the default on most CD players, these ones you could rewind just like a record, like a tape rather. And, you know, we would just push it and it would do kind of a reverse skip. So that's why we, we call it our pseudo rap. So you'd hear amazing, which was, again, one of the more common songs we did it with. You, mm. you know, when he's singing, you know, it's amazing as he screams it. <laughs> We would click on it and we go, it's amazing. We would <laughs> do that song, because we could yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like we were DJs. The second thing that when CDs came along was touted to no end. I remember Paul Harvey trying to sell his Bose radios. How much the quality changed. The digital quality of a CD oh, versus yes. a analog cassette. And yes, I mean, it is... I don't know. I, I it's weird because it, it's I don't know if it's my ear or just whatever. Some albums I would I just want to hear on cassette. There's some movies I want to watch on a VCR just because I don't know. There's something connected with uh, tracking being off or muffled sounds or clicks where you kept going back and rewinding the same song over and over again. There's just some memory muscle there that uh I don't know, triggers when I'm listening to a, a certain song or watching a certain movie and thinking about how you first consumed it. But yeah, the digital quality of a CD was just, wow, kind of blew you away. And I never had, you know, some people will say vinyl is the purest form and is the the best quality you can get. We never had like professional grade equipment for playing records, even for cassettes. But CDs seem to, everybody seemed to have that same technology, depending on what speakers and, you know, sound system you had could uh, amplify that. But it was like a, I don't know, it was just a, like a digital technology that leveled the playing field among everybody. And you can make anybody sound good <laughs> if you had the CD version versus a dubbed cassette that you right. got from your friend, you know. Right. So I uh, I think that was kind of twofold when CDs hit the market. It just it changed our way we listened to albums by being able to skip through songs, and you had more of an instant gratification there. And now with the digital world, you know, it's just there's so much at your fingertips and so quickly. Right, right. and then the, you you now. When you know we started getting more prevalent with the computers and burning and so forth, and then your your CD players in the car mm-hmm. wouldn't just work off of the original I would call it the wave format. They now work off of MP3 as well. So now yeah. you can, you know, the MP3 is more compact, so you can jam like a hundred songs versus <laughs> right. sixteen or whatever it was onto a CD. Which was great because then you're like, well, wow, I can, I have a better, you know, music list in the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, list in the car. So CD really did a lot of game changing. I still, when I DJ, I prefer to use CDs over my MP3 player on the yeah. computer. Really, 
it's probably just for the feel, but the bigger problem is I work for free in that I buy my software free. <laughs> so <laughs> I use Winamp. That's my DJ software. So it's cheap and free. The downside to it, if you're uh, a, a decent DJ, I'll call it, is especially with you and I being in the radio biz, you, you're, you're, you're told not to have any dead air. So you smoothly transition from one song to the next. So one, when one is fading, you've already sort of fading up yeah, on yeah. the new song. Well, my Winamp doesn't see it that way. <laughs> right, yeah. It sees just... a four-minute, 53-second song, and if it, there's five seconds of dead air, there's five seconds of dead air. It doesn't right. care because it sees the length. It doesn't see you know, the dead spots. Now, I know there's software out there uh, I could purchase. Uh, I think Radio DJ is one of them. I'm not... Uh, promoting them, I, I just remember that's one of those that mm-hmm. I've heard fixes that. It automatically, as the song is fading, it knows that Start it needs to be pumped one. up the next yeah. song. So it automatically does it for me. So, but I just old I, school like that because that's old school broadcasting, you know, going from record is. to record and <laughs> even CD to CD, you know. Even yeah. When I'm doing kids stuff, I was, I, uh, before COVID, I was doing volunteer DJing for or my kid's school and it'd be just little things like uh, you know father-daughter dance and mother-son dance uh-huh. and a harvest festival but they wanted the Halloween kind of ambiance so I would still transition the songs just yeah. because that's that was me that's how I was taught <laughs> and I loved it now the only time I would put it on mp3 I would still use mp3 rather but uh, when I would let it go on automation is when I have, you know, needed a race, restroom break or right, I would, yeah. I, I would actually every 30 minutes or so I would actually walk the room and I'm not socializing. I'm actually listening to see if there's any dead spots, you know, as I'm adjusting the faders because I'm usually right. behind the speakers. So I don't quite know if I'm loud enough, too loud. So like I said, about every 30 minutes I would walk the room and sort of mingle, but I'm really just listening to see, okay, there's mm-hmm. no dead spots. I'm good. Okay, <laughs> I can walk back to the to the table. Now, did you ever have a period where you were burning music to CDs? I mean, like as a for your personal use, almost like mixtapes like we yep. did back in the day. I did quite a bit of that. And like we said again in the radio episode, I copied all those liners and jingles and i would inject about every third song it was typically a qix liner of some sort (laughs) when i started the cd it always had the id so you have the the thunder of north central pennsylvania that would be the kickoff three songs then um and the next one uh listen all you want We'll play more WQYX, you know, every third song, another one would jump. So you had your own uh, radio station whenever, I anytime did. you I wanted. I loved it. But yeah. the problem was for years, I was always protective of that. So you were the only one in the world that knew that I had those, <laughs> all those liners and jingles. So when I would, like if the CD got scratched up where it wasn't playing anymore, I would still snap those CDs so that they could not be used. Uh-huh. Because I would be for fear that you know, <laughs> I have copyright information. Will QIX? Probably not. But would, you know, Bobby Day have a wild hair and say, hey, uh, why are you using QIX? I've heard it in 1999. <laughs> so 
I would do that. But then, you know, 20 plus years later, we're still, you know, it's changed hands twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're safe. <laughs> well, Bob even said that. I think you're safe yeah. now. So, yeah. why not? I just left it be. And, you know, now I've resurfaced the WCPA, which is the kind of comical thing. I <laughs> Up until our podcast with Bob, I hadn't heard our WCPA jingles or anything for yeah. those 20 some years. And now I, that's all that's in my freaking phone. Every time something <laughs> you, when you text yeah. me, when I get a, the generic phone ringer, which used uh-huh. to be the Dixie horn for the longest time on my phones is now the long ID, the, you know, the corny seventies music. And then it's WCPA Clearfield. So, uh, Anyway, yeah. small tangent. How about you? Do you did you make mixed CDs? Yes, yes, I did. I always associate burning CDs with Napster. Yep. And <laughs> when that became a thing, and we could get music for free, quote unquote free. Yep. I remember when we first got uh, our computer, our first home computer, which was early two thousands, like two thousand and one. We paid like a million dollars for a gateway computer (laughs) at the local store and it had a CD burner on it. And man, I went to town. I remember even getting one of those uh, label making systems that you pop the CD down. You could print it through your color printer, design a label for your mixed CD and stomp it down on it. I think it was called CD Stomper. (laughs) <laughs> it would uh i still have a few of those uh guns and roses i think i did a guns and roses greatest hits and maybe acdc but yeah i still have those laying around and having the cd player in the truck just changed my life and i had nothing in up until it stopped working like uh, i don't know two or three years ago and i bought a bluetooth to go through my speakers and just play music from my phone I was still had like a stack of probably 20 CDs that I had burnt uh, that I could pop in anytime I needed to. So, yeah, I remember making those mixed CDs and <laughs> it's just I mean, it got to the point where I, I don't know if I told the story here or maybe it was on uh, a Mickey and I show where I wanted to hear Coldplay. I remember Coldplay being, it hit me, they hit me very hard. Yep, I was on the show. And, okay, I, I ended up uh, downloading their music from Napster, burning it onto a CD, dubbing the CD to a cassette so I could listen into my wife's car because she only had a cassette player, and I was stuck with the car all summer because she was pregnant and I gave her my truck, which had air conditioning and her car didn't. I mean, just craziness like that, but... Yeah, CDs, I mean, CDs uh, were the video game currency for decades, you know, until we got into the digital era now in the last, you know, several years where you've got machines that can download games, you know, hundreds of gigabytes. And um, up until then, we were still using CDs to play our video games, you know, the PlayStation era. And then, of course, the Xbox came along and that's still a thing we still got you know tons of games from playstation 2 on disc that we've kept and we've actually hooked up the playstation 2 in the last couple months and been playing some of those old games but 
Yeah, I mean, they're a game changer. CD-ROM, I mean, we were watching uh, Jurassic Park, going through all those movies again. And in the first movie, they talk about, oh, it's an interactive CD-ROM in the in the Jeep, you know, that <laughs> they can view the park and everything. And that was like high level tech, you know, when CD ROMs came along and it was, uh, that was how you got your games and all kinds of stuff, uh, off the computer. I remember playing, uh, having several CD ROM games like rock and roll jeopardy and gosh, what else did I play? But, um, yeah, game changer. And they're really, truly the last, I guess, physical media that we collected or owned. I mean, you could say, okay, well, I've got these uh, flash drives <laughs> that look like a cassette that hold music. You know, yep. it's a physical thing, but I don't know. CDs were, you know, you're not buying flash drives with music in stores. You're buying, uh, Walmart still sells CDs because I've bought a few for my son who has his own car now and has a CD player in there. And oh, yeah. So here's how you do it. And, you know, I gave him a bunch of 80s rock to listen to. So. <laughs> Find them at the thrift store is pretty cheap too, man. Usually about 50 cents or a buck a piece. I actually found, we were at the thrift store today, and I found uh, Jeff Foxworthy's You Might Be a Redneck If, his nice. very first album on CD. For some reason, I didn't pick it up, probably because I still have my dub copy from you. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> it's I don't know. I'm looking at CDs now again at the thrift store and trying to find some that I've never had and some of the you know first releases and everything, but... It's been uh, it's been crazy how our music has evolved over the years, and it still kind of pisses me off that uh, we uh, we have to buy an album so many times. You know, back in the day when we switched from records to tapes, well, even there was even the uh, eight track era, and then cassettes and from cassettes to CDs, from CDs to digital. How many times do I got to buy? You know. Tears for Fears, songs from the big chair. I bought it like four times, you know, right. just in different formats and what was ever popular at the time. But I don't know. There's still something about that physical media, man. Take it out. You uh, check the back for scratches or smudges and wipe it down. You remember they used to have like little cleaning systems and everything yep. too. Little uh, rags and the spray on stuff and trying to buff out scratches. Oh gosh. You remember when that was a thing you were... The CDs were like 20 or $25 and you get a nice big scratch on there and like, oh, I got to buff this out. I got to figure out how to get this thing to work again. You know, it was just kind of like uh, scratching a record, you know, or something, but uh, still had to fight with that and skipping around, you know, when uh, you get to your favorite songs, you're like, Oh, I guess I'm not listening to that song anymore. It's got a big old scratch right, right. there. <laughs> We've got eight out of uh, 12 songs on the CD that I can play. But <laughs> anyway, anything else that comes to your mind as far as CDs go? Well, I guess you answered my my question. I was going to say, do you still buy CDs or has that kind of gone to the wayside with the digital era? Yeah, it mostly has. Like I said, it's more of a trying to find something I I don't have in just for the fact of collecting CDs. But I kind of stand by my collection <laughs> more or less of cds and i mainly look for cassettes and records now going back you know a couple couple other decades from when cds made it big but yeah that was uh that was just a fun era I i'm so glad 
and grateful, I guess, of the era that we grew up in. And we've now seen the full evolution of music and how to consume it, you know. And see, that's probably a completely other podcast, but to try to be succinct, where we were, at least where I was there in Clearfoot, I had such a spectrum of past and present. What I mean is, and I'll, I'll narrow it down to music, my grandmother had this, I think it's beeswax tube, cylinder record. And it's one song. So if you remember these uh, cylinder record uh-huh. players, uh-huh. it's from 1902. And the funny part is, wow. you don't even see the 19 because you know it had just cro- you know crossed over that century. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it has the apostrophe O2, and it's um, um, Philip, who was from Penfield, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. It's a hymn. Um, I'm drawing a blank now. I have it. Jeez, oh, I don't even know where it's at now. Uh, probably tucked away. Um, Anyway, it's it's this cylinder. I wanted to play it just to one, hear it, and two, I wanted to convert it so it's digitally preserved. Yeah. But you see that it transitioned to obviously records. I know that that some point there was a small era where it was real to real, but it really it really stayed with the records, which were the longest staying for the for quite some time yeah and then you got the well bob even said it was the four track which was a short-lived medium that moved over to the eight track eight track then moved into cassette cassette to cd and then cd you finally get to digital yeah uh and when you're talking commercial you know in the broadcast commercial world you had the pseudo eight track cart which was really a single track you could do dual track if you did stereo uh, and you had the machines to do it but even then you know that was yeah you well had, the eight the eight track was really what made music portable right you know and you're right. being able to play it in your car i think bob even mentioned there was a, a way to play records in your car at some point well there that, was a 45 record player that they did have in cars for a short time and i'd seen a a commercial or um, not a commercial not a commercial it was a like a uh, newspaper ad for one and it was kind of hilarious because you're like doesn't that thing skip how does it not skip in a freaking car yeah but they (laughs) made it work for at least a short time right yeah um but yeah you you got you're right the a-track was the more portable thing to use for you know who knows how long and then obviously that led to that huge console of a entertainment center for our t you know our our living room so you had the all-in-one eight track lp tv am fm radio (laughs) back when uh your entertainment was a piece of furniture exactly you know gosh and and you know there's that again this is one i'd I'd love to delve into that on a different probably podcast but Mm -hmm. that span of stuff because you had especially with my grandmother she would tell me and my mom would tell me the stories of how they had to survive through the depression and and making everything last as long as it did you know and Mm -hmm. we make jokes you know that you bought tupperware haha i was in the 80s 
the country crock was my Tupperware, you know, <laughs> that thing. But yeah. that was legit. That was what they did because yeah. you couldn't go out and buy a, a, you know, a container. So you made do with Without what you had. Without paying like 10 bucks a piece. Yeah. I mean, it was so expensive back then, but. Right. And then she'd yeah. keep it and wash it and wash it and wash it until the thing broke. Then we finally get a new, you know, <laughs> cereal bowl. I'm kidding. Yeah. But, yeah. but essentially that's what it was. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of conversations I love because the downside is that it goes on this bunny trail. Yeah. I did uh, want to plug before we uh, get out of here. Me and uh, Old School Tim, he uh, runs the at Old School 80s account on Twitter. We did a show on the Retro Network Time Machine that was basically the evolution of music is what I think I called it. And just going through the years and our experience and what we remember first and how we experienced music first from, you know, like the the little plastic uh, record machines that we had back oh, yeah. in the day, you know, uh, the Fisher Price record machines and all that all the way up through today and just how that's uh, kind of evolved over the years. So I'll put a link in the show notes to go listen to that show. But um, this was a fun conversation because we are unique in the era that we grew up in. And some of you who may be a little bit older than us can even talk about eight tracks a little bit more, but just the way music evolved throughout our lives has, has been really interesting. And uh, I just, I love talking about music itself, but the way that we consume music has been really fun to track through the years and how it changed, how it was marketed and just the whole nine. So, all right. Well, uh, if that's it, uh, I think that was uh, pretty good. We covered the compact discs pretty well, I think. Yeah, this is a great conversation. And uh, like I said, if you would like to comment about this, share your, your, thoughts or your interest with cds or you can kind of go on a slight bunny trail like we did with talking about eight tracks and, and the old technologies please we welcome your comments please reach out to us via rediscoverthe80s.com jason put up our show notes uh you can also reach out to our uh, social media accounts at rd80s and uh, this has been a great walk down memory lane and, mm-hmm. and uh, memory driver So um, on behalf of Jason, this is Wyatt. We'll catch you later. Take care.